Hey guys, this is Jamal Murphy, the, the sports guy from Bill Roden on Sports. I just wanted to give you a little uh, information on DraftKings. The moment you've been waiting for is almost yes. here. Football, Football is just around the corner. Football! And you can start the season by winning yes. $2 million in week one yes. at DraftKings.com, America's one-week fantasy football Rough, site. Uh, 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 one-week uh, fantasy means no season-long commitments. Football! Because you'll probably uh, lose uh, a few games in your, in your normal fantasy league. So it's a brand new season every time you play DraftKings.com. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every week? You can get started playing right now. Prepare for the regular season with with preseason contests running through August. You've already been scouting your players for the season-long fantasy team, as I have. But put that knowledge to the test every week this this football season at DraftKings.com, where you could run your... For you could turn your love of football into a lifetime of cash. That would be great. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, to play for a free shot at $2 million in Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. To Bill Roden on sports, taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on sports. Uh, summer's over. Goodness gracious, oh man, I love summer. Anyway, um, welcome everybody here with, uh, you know, of course, familiar voices by now. Uh, Jamal, our sports attorney. Um, here. Brian, how are you doing? I'm thrilled to be here, Bill, as always. Well, you're always you always said you're thrilled to be here, and I'm mm. glad you're thrilled. Don't, don't lie to us. No. Right. I would never lie. So anyway, a um, lot to catch up on. I mean, think we have not been in the studio for, uh, well, I've been in the studio, but you guys have been different places, and... Uh, you know, summer's over. It's always one of the saddest parts of the year for me. Ever since I was a kid, that, and I just realized about four years ago that my heaven is summer. I just love summer. I mean, I love everything about it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's always the saddest. I was like now. Is is it technically over? Well, I think Isn't it like the twenty something. Oh the, well, I don't know. Is, when is it? That's what I heard. The twenty. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So, so you got to summer. You got a couple more days, I think. Yeah, let's break out the Bacardi <laughs> <laughs> and the beach and stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of sports to catch up with, man. We had uh, you know first week of uh, raucous NFL with all the violence. We've got uh, baseball, Mets coming up. Uh, it looks like they're not going to choke after all. Uh, but let's wrap up. Um, let's wrap up the U.S. Open. Um, the Serena Open, I think. Right. I was there. For, you know, it was so funny that uh, for the entire, I mean, everything was all Serena all the time. I mean, it's all we were doing. Serena, we had one reporter you know, who followed her around for like two weeks because we were all anticipating, you know, the whole big thing. And, of course, you know, uh, we thought that, that the carpet was laid out when Sharapova, Sharapova went out. You know, this is the coronation. But alas... She lost. She she lost actually an unknown. Vinci. Da Vinci. I don't even know her first name. Yeah, da Vin- R- Roberta, <laughs> not Flack. Right, right. Roberta Roberta Da Vinci. Da Vinci, and uh, it was just so funny. If you were there, all the air went out of the stadium. It was like, right, right. are you kidding us? Right. This isn't what we paid our money for. But what did you guys? Did you guys see? And I, I guess the question is, and uh, you know, I wrote a column. Actually, I, I found Richard. Uh, Richard. Um, uh, Williams, Richard Williams, I, you know, because nobody got to Richard, right? So I got to Richard. Was he there? No, no. Okay. That's why I kind of called because he's not been to any uh, any matches. He hadn't been. He said, in fact, he's not gone to any matches since Wimbledon two years ago. And when I asked him why, he said, uh, "It's only because I'm retired." I said, "I'm I'm not going to another tennis tournament." Wow. He said, "I'm retired." And. And reading between the lines, because he says some other things. Well, you know, she doesn't need me anymore. Right. You know, uh, the new coach, maybe. Well, the new coach, but I think I, I really not knowing. I mean, I'm not a right. member of the family, right. you know. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because you know he got remarried to this younger woman, and okay. you know, and I don't know if they said, "Listen, pops, you know, it's been a good run, but 
you don't need to come anymore and we got the new French coach and blah 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 because right. he said a couple times that you know listen you know she doesn't need me anymore I wish I had the column but she said he said sometimes you know you've been doing something for a long time and it's time to you know she needs to live her life and I need to live mine wow, like, wow wow I didn't know it was that deep so yeah so I think that there's a lot more there but the point is um you know, at the very end, he said she didn't need me, and my thought was, well, you know, because she seemed to be really crushed. And sometimes, you know, as you will find out, uh, you know, with your child, you've already found out, you know, your children, that yes. you're always a parent. It doesn't right. matter if they're five, six, my daughter's 24, right. you know, Serena's 34, I think at some point when you have that kind of disappointment, it's still your child, and you need to call up and say, hey, listen, it's okay, you know, right. and all that. And so I... The column is, well, maybe she needs you more than ever yeah, now. Yeah. And hopefully he called afterwards. I, I better think. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope didn't because so. I called back. and it, er, er, give, her a call, <laughs> give her a call, Richard. <laughs> I don't know. But, Rich, you know, and the, and the, phone, the fact that, that you can't call her. Call her. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, um, you know, he's he's really been not only a pivotal part of that story, he's an architect right. of that story. No question. And so no matter... Again, I'm not in the family. I, I think it's. The, I think we've all talked about that. It's the great American sports story, um, and I guess the question is: uh, Is her legacy? I, I still think that she's maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tennis player. Forget man, woman, whatever. One of the greatest tennis players ever. But do you guys think that um, this really damaged her legacy? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't see how it could damage it. Remember. Uh, she had won the four previous Grand Slam titles before this. Right. She's entitled to, you know, losing in the in the semifinals of a Grand Slam after you've won four in a row. So you you have to keep it in perspective. But of course, you know, like you said, it was the Serena coronation. This is what people came to see. I think you know, there's no question there was a lot of pressure on her for this event. Even you know more so. This is the this is the finish. You know, are you a finisher or not? So this was her finish uh, situation. And so the pressure uh, built each round. And I don't think it helped her either that she had that the previous match she had to face her sister. And that's always pressure filled as we as we hear about before and after. So um, but there's, you know, so she she didn't complete the uh, the single year Grand Slam, but she did. She did have a Serena Slam, as as they talked about. And there's no way, you know, she still has 20 Grand Slams. You, you, you know, it's not like they subtract one. Yeah, well, 20. Yeah, but it's it's funny though. I was starting to look at the comments, and it seemed like there were so many people just waiting to hate. You of know? course, yeah, of course. I mean, just they couldn't. In other words, it was so. Well, as long as you're winning, we kind of got a grit and grin and bear it. But as soon as you lose, well, she chokes. She mm-hmm. uh, and I started blaming her, who they thought was her boyfriend, Drake. Drake. Uh-huh. I mean, they were, oh, yeah, I blame him. Silly, I blame him too, though. You do? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I, I think you hit a, on a good point. I, 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 I tend to think that um, that uh, that match with his sister was right. was pivotal because maybe not. You you said because of the emotion, which I think it was, but also, you know, she could not. She could not play with the same degree of hatred against her sister that she could against everybody else. So you're on this competitive role where you're just chewing people up and she wasn't necessarily playing at her best. But, you know, she was still, you know, screaming and how right. now you play your sister and it's almost like you're having this exhibition. Right. In the middle of And that's what it feels like. Every time yeah. they play it does feel like an exhibition. She was reserved. That's a perfect word. She was, she was very it is. Well it is an exhibition. It's mm-hmm. like and it is. I mean it's, it's like the Pacquiao um Mayweather fight. Right. It was basically an exhibition. I mean, I'm sure they may kind of get angry about this, but it was. It was a great. I mean, for what it was, it was fine. You know, you know, Venus hit the ball back hard and all that kind of. You know, <laughs> right. Right. You know, blah, 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 blah. Right. 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 But in the, the day, and then also the way they were raised. I mean, so Venus is not going to stop this truck. You think? Like, you, you think it's calculated like that? Well, no, I'm just. I'm just saying. I mean, somewhat. I'm not saying all. <laughs> any, you know, we still got you know col- uh, columns to write. Right. 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 But sorry, I'm just sorry. saying that. If you if you think about it, I mean, this is her sister. She loves her, the sister. Why, why am I going to stop you from achieving, you know, mortality? You know, I hear you, so but like, you know, I always, but I feel like uh, Venus is a competitor. Also, yeah. you know, she's probably dying to win another 
another Grand Slam herself, or she wouldn't still be playing. Period. Right. You know, it's just unfair that they they you know they match them up in the quarterfinals. To me, I mean, I never understand how how the seeding systems for te- for tennis works because it's right. always random. I mean, you know, you could be in the first round playing somebody who's done well. You could be right. Federer or Djokovic, you know, one seed, and in the second round you're playing someone we've all heard of right. who's gone to the semifinals. So it's not like the NCAA tournament where it makes sense usually. Yeah, it gets harder as it goes along. Yeah, but you know, would you have wanted to see that as a final? I mean, you know, well, rather than the quarterfinal. Yeah. I think it would have changed the way they went at each other. And Serena would have won. So, yeah. well, Serena, I think it would have <laughs> like been. Like I sent that text to you. Venus is great in her own right. Well, you know, so you, of you're absolutely right. I mean, I think people forget that too. That, that yeah, that, that and and, and I, I thought it was such great symmetry to the extent that they're both near, near the end of their career. I don't right. know how how far near, but right. that this that ended the way it began with those two playing each other. And you're right, there was a stretch of time. When the only, the only people who could beat each other were them, you know. When there, there was a time in tennis when only piece, person who could beat Serena was Venus consistently. Right. The only right. person who could beat Venus was Serena. So it was great on that stage. But um, did, did you feel? Uh, I thought it was interesting too. At the very end, after that Serena Venus match, you know, clearly Venus. I mean, Serena was kind of, but it was late, you know. And one of the guys said, "Serena it was like 11:30. You don't seem your smiling self and all that." And she was like, listen, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't want to be here. It's right. late. I got to get up early in the morning and practice. I'm answering the same questions. So you're not really making it. Yeah, I caught that. Either. Yeah, and they killed her for that, too. But at least she's honest about it. I don't well, want to be here. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I guess the thing is, I would have raised my hand. So I guess we don't either. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously, I, think, I mean, we don't. I mean, right. I think sometimes athletes feel that we really want to be there. Right, listen, right. we're here. It's a job for us, too. Right. Do you think right. we want to be here at, at quarter to 12 at night right. hearing the same answer to the same question? Right. But we get, we get it. You're on the verge of history. You know, we got to ask you this. You got to answer. So... But, but no, that's a great point. I didn't think about that at all. Well, no, well, you will, as you're now right. in, in one of us. Right. You know, I think a lot of athletes, we're in the, you know, and they actually think that we really want to be there. And it's like, listen, man, this is, I'm really eager just to get the hell up to and write my story <laughs> and get my pen. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. here just, to, you right. know. But don't think that we, you know, we're not like like the fans, like the kids. Yes, there are a lot of kids who just love to be there, but you know, we've been doing this for like 37 years. Right. Man. So right. I wanted to say, but I said, you know what? That's not the time to say that. Uh, you should have. You should have. No, you know, no. You'd have been all over, uh, they, all they, over the TV. They have to make themselves available to the media after. Is that how it works with? Yeah, like, of course. Like, yeah. Like there's a cooling yeah. off period, and it's just the way it is because the promoters, the teams, the leagues, even the players, they know that that this is the way you communicate with the with the fans through the media. Right. And a lot of times, if we ask stupid questions, we're asking the stupid questions for the stupid fans <laughs> <laughs> who would ask the stupid questions. Right. Right. And, and some of the and granted, some of the questions they ask we ask sometimes are like very kind of basic but sometimes you get some of the best answers in other words the answer to that question start off as like a, you know what you might consider stupid like Serena why are you not smiling Right. and it was a stupid question you might argue but it gave this great honest response because mm-hmm. I'm not happy I don't want to be here right the quote of the of the tournament yeah it wasn't a Tommy Lasorda moment but it was up oh there. yeah oh, <laughs> can, we, can we play that again can we play a Tommy Lasorda moment jeez what a question is that <laughs> anyway so um, uh, then on the other side just to kind of wrap up tennis boy I think we're getting ready to do football um, yeah. but uh, you know you had uh, Djokovic right emerged Trump and, right. And, um, yeah, you know, Djokovic is he's the best player in the world right now. He proved it to be. I mean, he's just when he's on his game, I don't think anybody can beat him. And even in Federer, you know, he's Federer is everybody's favorite. The funny thing about that final was I've never seen the crowd so far on one on one person's side. Um, even when you know yeah, Agassi, oh, Sampras, yeah, even right, American right. and non-American, right. it was crazy. And it, to me, it was almost like watching. A college basketball game. It was like Djokovic was playing a road game. Right. It right. was unbelievable. Right. You're right. But remember, even in Serena match, at one point, uh, Vinci had to say, "Wait a minute. What about me? I mean, <laughs> right, I'm like, right. I'm like giving this girl everything she wants." Right. And then remember afterwards, I thought it was great when they said, "Well, she apologized." She said, "Listen, I guess. Well, why are you apologize? Well, you know, the American people. I know you want to see it, but hey, it's my day." <laughs> right. Right. So I was, yeah, I was wondering like, how Djokovic is taking it because he knows Federer is not American, so it's almost right. like you like him better than me, right, just well, as a person. Yeah. 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 What is this about? Well, you know, what's the name? He's been the white. Uh, excuse me. The the, the the white knight in shining armor. Federer. Federer yeah. For a much longer mm-hmm. yeah. time. Right. And I think you know Djokovic if he continues to win and but also his personality is different. Yeah. And he's 
sensitive to that stuff, and he's pre. I've seen him in finals. You know, in previous years, he'll fight with the crowd if they're not rooting for him. You know, he's making sarcastic uh, gestures to the crowd. Right. You know, so you know that bothers him. That's right. why. And in fact, I was even more impressed that he came away. He played so well under that circumstance. It shows he's growing up. And he's, he looks like Plastic Man out there. He gets to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess we've got to run. I guess at least to the final question before we segue into um, our NFL segment, you know, getting to the American sports. Mm. But, and I wrote this piece during the, um, sorry for the commercial, but. Hey, hey. hey man, no, it's, it's football. Bill, 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 Bill Roden on sports, <laughs> you know. But you raise a question is, what about, what's the state of, um, of, American, uh, of American tennis? Uh, of uh, you know we got we we're gonna have uh, Katrina um, Adams on and I want to ask her um, about the state of uh, of tennis in the United States and really after you get past Venus and Serena it's kind of who is there there's a no show I mean yeah. and, and and is that a problem or or is that just in the yeah. global marketplace that's just sort of the way it is I don't and I I mean the men there's an issue in ter- in terms of American, African American talent. There's an issue. There's not really anybody uh, on the men's side. You have some young, real young kids who are playing junior tennis, who people are talking about. But the women, I think, are 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 in a good state. You know, African American women, American women in general. I mean, Madison Keys. Um, she's probably you know she's going to win something pretty soon here in the next couple of years. Well, um, you have Sloane Stevens, who's done pretty well. Um, uh, Taylor Townsend. Um, uh, Van- Coco Vandeweghe's right. made some noise. Right. Uh, Kiki Vandeweghe's uh, niece. Right. Um, there's another, uh, yeah, another girl, Mikhail. I mean, so right. I think the women's the women's game, American-wise, and I'm sure uh, um, Katrina Adams would would I'm sure uh, have to agree. Right. Um, the women's side looks pretty good. It's, to me, it's the men's side, and it's like, and there's nobody there, and I wonder if that's, you know, it's it's just weird, you know, that uh, that the men's side of the sport. Is lacking, and I'm I'm guessing it's because you know the the you know just like baseball, for, you know for instance, it's the so many other sports that American kids can choose from, and and women you know women's tennis, despite you know other women's sports, women's tennis does pretty well and, and is accepted by the fans. And I always wondered why that was. I wanted to ask uh, Miss Adams about that. Well, we'll get a chance maybe next week <laughs> some point <Right. laughs> no but it was our fault it wasn't right. no it was our fault it was, it was our, our fault. fault so you know Katrina we love you yes yeah um, <laughs> but you know but it, it, it but it's such an expensive sport and by the way Jim, I'm not sure if I accept the premise that I mean yes you got you you give this list of names right Sloan Katrina but they ain't won anything yet you know well no, I, not many people besides Serena have only a couple yeah. I mean and we're, talk, and we're talking about young, so I mean, you got you know, Sharapova's older now. Right. So we'll see. I mean, time time will tell right, the right. next year, um, because you know, I, I think that you, you're right. We may have been spoiled by Serena because those people come along. Serena and Venus, and I think we forget that is a once in a lifetime story. Right. I mean, I mean, f- f- two sisters from Compton, California, oh, yeah. who for 10, 10, 12, 13 years, you know, two African American young women from you know whose father never played the game. You know, he just kind of looked at some videos right. and said, hey, you know what, I could do this and put the racket in their hand and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think we've been spoiled. Yeah, I can't wait for that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they did a little documentary. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, so I just think that, uh, I think the sport is terribly expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's terribly expensive. I don't know if it's got to be that expensive, but it's a terribly uh, expensive sport to play, and it's just like when you talk about football violence. Just like you can't make football any less violent, I don't think you can make tennis, the way it's situated, any less expensive. And you know, with, with particularly you know people of color, particularly African Americans, when you start slapping price tags on stuff, the quickest way to eliminate us is like, okay, you got to have lessons, you got to have this, you got to have that. And I mean, it's like I spoke to a couple mothers out there. It was like thousands of dollars that she's putting out. Right. She had to work three and four jobs to pay for this. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not as optimistic as you about there's going to be this wave of young American hey, talent. Hey, call me Mr. Optimist. Well, that's good. We need a little optimism you know, on this. Some, somebody's got to do it. Everybody's playing the cross. Mm. Yeah, that's well, an expensive sport, too. That's that's not cheap, either. My, my nephews play ice hockey. you got to see the well, that, expense yeah. of that. We talk about that. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you we, know, so. We need just oh open God. fields. Right. Open fields, Speak, no, no yeah, pads. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, a neat, that's a neat transition into football. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Roll them out, you know. You know, but, you know, though I, 
I, I guess the reason why, well, but, but, but let's, let's not make this a sociology thing. The fans are waiting for us to get into the blood talk about week one. Of week the, one. Of week one. Um, if, if we want to start locally with the Giants, yeah. Um, or do you want to start locally with the Jets? You want to start locally with the Giants? I was thinking locally, locally with, with the Dallas Cowboys, Bill. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're going to give me 22 Brian, minutes. Brian, no, you know. You've already, you, you've already had the time. You know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. You just ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a typical. Uh, there's, Brian, always, a typical there's always one Dallas, Dallas fan everywhere. Uh, yeah, see, now they're, they're already buying tickets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They haven't learned. They haven't, you, you guys have not learned by now that Tony Romo is going to choke. I, when, when, when Eli threw that silly pass in the end zone. And by the way, they would that was a stolen game. In other words, it didn't to me, that was gravy. If they would have won that game, it would have been gravy. The Giants. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah it was of a course. gravy. They, they, had, it, they had it. Yeah, but I mean even the fact they lost it, you know, people here like the sky is falling, but it was a stolen game. There was no way right. that they were even supposed to win the that. The most game. comebacks in since two thousand and six has been Tony Romo. Yeah, during the regular season. Not you know, all all first four weeks, I think. No, uh, no. Yeah, you're probably, <laughs> it was great in December. Come on. You know what? I don't know what I wish I wish this show could have Tony Romo's agent. Because they have sold, <laughs> right, right. they have they've sold such a bill of goods. Because even after we'd have millions we, of listeners, we have trillions of listeners talking about all the Emmys we won. So what are we winning Emmys? Yet? Oh no, no, no! This is Emmy. You know, and you it's ask, coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. And all the readers, all our millions of viewers, because yeah, because you got this, this you got these Emmys coming. Right. I'm like, where do you guys get this Romo? I mean, the guy has won what? What two playoff games? Yeah, no, that's it. No, two. I don't get it. Is that right, Brian? You the, the yeah. Two. Yeah. I two. mean, and it, a lot of it is Dallas, the Cowboys, because you know they've been Cowboy fans since you know since I I've been Cowboy born. fans since Roger Starback. Right, exactly. Well, so it's the whole two it's tall the brand. Jones, Tony Dorsett. It's you know, the Dallas brand. Call they, me TD. They you know? <laughs> He was the best. Yeah, but they won. First time, you know. yeah. They, they, they won. Right. They won. Yeah, at least you could, I mean, there's no hype. They won. I had my friend. I, I played football at Morgan State. My friend, my backfield guy, Mark Washington, you know, played. he played for Dallas for like eight years. He's, he'll wear, he's got like three <laughs> Super Bowl rings. So right. they actually won stuff. You know, uh, Mark, I, well, I don't know, Mark. He, the 80s were lean, and we got in yeah. the 90s. We won three in the 90s. So, That's true. Know, I forgot I, about I the 90s. just kept going. Aikman and Emmett Smith. Yeah, but now you've got this Romo. You know, you know what? We, and I've fallen into the same exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Talking about this you, guy who you, you love won. to hate him, Bill. Yeah? You love to well, hate him. Anyway, switching gears. Yeah, Back to about the Jets. Let's talk about the Jets. Let's, were, let's talk were, about the Jets. They destroyed was, the Browns. Yeah, the Browns. Who were the Browns? But listen, it was it was, it was a, you know, but the interesting thing, and I found it myself, as much as I've got mixed feelings in a, in a way about the game, you know, just how violent it is, but you know, I realized this year. Listen, I'm not going to spend every single game wringing my hands talking about the, the game. Listen, the game is what it is, and right. the reason why people like it, I played it for. I played the game since I was probably in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and and up through college, four years of college, and all that. And you know, it, it kind of is what it is, right? You, you know, and, and like Jamal, you'll find out when your son that first. Day when you when it's snowing, I grew up in Chicago, and I remember the first day it was snowing. We called each other up and said, "Let's go out and play some football." Yeah. <laughs> right, I don't know right, what right. it is, yeah. but and you like to sling each other right, around on right. the ground. I don't know what it is, but that's just kind of and, and your parents are like, "Oh, you know," but you liked it, and 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 the reason why you stop playing is a lot because you the game eliminates you, right? You right. know, and, yeah. and <laughs> it's, it's not like sure. it's not like the game eliminates you. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been a football fan since since I can remember being any sports fan. You know, when I was a you know four or five years old, maybe even younger, I'm throwing myself on the ground pretending a teddy bear is a football. <laughs> yeah, so, right. you know, so if my son wants to play football, I don't see how I. Would say no, and I'll, well, what I'll count- she'll say no, but I'll, <laughs> and I'll and I'll counsel him. You know, you might want to try this sport, but yeah. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to shut him down. You know, I think. Oh, so here, why don't we play <laughs> lacrosse? So why don't we play? Why don't we play ping pong? <laughs> yeah, ping pong Polo. is good. Polo, it's good. Pony. Yeah, yeah. But but so 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 anyway. So I, so we got that out the way. Day one said, "Listen, you know, you know, I was at the Jets game. <laughs> Within two four minutes, you know." Uh, Hoy, the quarterback for Cleveland, um, uh, uh, yeah, mind, not Manziel. Manziel came in. Manziel after. He came. came in. He came after yeah. this guy. But this guy, um, I'm supposed to know this. Um, Me too. Do you know his name, the producer? McCowan. McCowan. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, MVP. You're taking over Seth's role as the MVP. But yeah, uh, uh, McCowan. 
you know, they had this 90-yard drive. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he, he's going to play hero ball at the very end. He's going to take it in from the 10. So he dives. Oh, he and, of course, creamed. he's got, got crushed oh. by two. And it's so funny. You know, when you hear the, the crowd, it's, we're so barbaric. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You know, I mean, it's just, that's just is what it's like. Like on one play after Manziel came in, right? And he did okay too. I he was did surprised. that helicopter spin. Oh yeah, he, yes. So they they crushed McCown. So of course he's out. He's got a concussion. Then the next injury was to um, uh, the Jets defensive back, um, number thirty-one, Cromartie. Uh, Cromartie. Oh yeah, Cromartie mm-hmm. went out. He tears up his night. That was non-contact. Right. He was yeah. just sort of backpedaling and planning right. towards leg up, and he was carried him off. And then of course, last but not least, um, the rookie uh, defensive tackle for the Jets on the big play of the game. You know when they finally. Uh, uh, got to um, Johnny Manziel. It was a sack, and you know, they played the, the the big music. Dun, 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 right. dun, 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 <laughs> right. And then you, you switch to like the floor. Meanwhile, this guy's not moving. Right. Everybody they cry, but then the crowd goes about a little bit. Right. A little longer, and then it goes like ten minutes. This guy's not moving. Right. So now everybody's kind of like you know getting uh, hot Uh-oh. around the collars. Oh boy, you know, because yeah. nobody wants to be there when the first guy dies on the field. Ugh. Nobody yeah. wants. Yeah. Nobody. And the NFL, I'm sure they are, they're holding their breath, and it's like you got you know billions of people watching. So this guy's not not you know. So the guys come and start taking a knee. Right. And then, you know, there's always this point where we're looking. So okay, five minutes. Then right. they're waiting for like him to get up. They're like, "Yay!" Right. Yeah. Give the thumbs up. Them thumbs the obligatory up. thumbs up. One no th- so they carry <laughs> and there, there's no thumbs up. No thumbs up. That's always a bad sign. <laughs> you know, so they got him out of view. I think what most people want is just, could you just get, get him out of view. Just, just get him out of view, please. <laughs> just get him out of our sight. So we have to deal with this. Right. You know, I remember what the year Seattle won the. I, I think they won. Is that the year they won the Super Bowl? And the defense of uh, Bowman, uh, Navarro, Navarro Bowman, the San Francisco line mm-hmm. got hurt. And cart him up, and people were actually throwing stuff at him in Seattle. They were like throwing orange peels at him or something, you know. Wow. And it's just at, at our barbaric, it just yeah. brings that. And the, the people who do it, you know, when you go into the stadium, it's like the stadium transforms really nice people into these oh, morons. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Right. Like you're up there doing stuff you would never do. And the, the alcohol helps too, yeah. I think. Yeah, the yeah. few, <laughs> you yeah, bear them up. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how people change in any sport, but football is the worst. They oh, change. I, I've been to all these different heavy metal concerts. Right. I've never had a problem. Everybody's nice. Because you have, the football stoned, game? It's probably stoned well, up. Football game, everyone's a tear each other's throats out. It's amazing. Right. It's right. Amazing. Yeah, if, if you're almost afraid to, like, you know, if you're for the Eagles, or let's say you're for the Giants, and. and, 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 and you're uh, in Philly. In Philly, forget oh, forget it. Forget it. Right. You get killed. Forget you it. can't do it. You know. Stay away from Philly. Yeah, the Jets aren't. The Jets aren't much worse, but I guess the larger picture, and I guess it all flows in this barbaric sport, right. is that people, you, you see these people come in, they're nice and meek and mild, and they bring in the kids. Surgeons, and, lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> then you see them, and you say, what, that guy's operating on me? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, but that, listen. That's what it is. It's, it's the American, it's not only is it the American sport, but I think it's the American personality. We love violence. We do. You know, I mean, we, we, we kind of left this, but like, it's like with, with, with one last tennis note, I don't know why, James Blake. You know, well, James, oh, yeah, yeah. We're James, talking about that before. James, James Blake, you know, who's a Harvard educated, and they always describe him as biracial, which is always <laughs> funny. So, so I guess the policeman saw the black part of the biracial. Right, right, right. He didn't see the white part. He didn't see the white part uh, of the biracial. He saw the yeah. And like, I said, well, maybe from now on you ought to wear a sign, uh-huh. like a half and half sign. says, is the white? Half of me is white, half of right. me is black. So please don't. With they, the, that's the you know they can still hit one side of you. Yeah, we hit the we, we hit the black <laughs> side. This is not directed at the white side. You directed. That, that's what the guys with the officers say. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna work. Which cheekbone do you? Yeah, the, the officer who who broke it. No, no, we were just getting the black side of you, Jane. We weren't getting the white side. <laughs> right, of you, right. You know. But he was standing there with his foot up on the wall, minding his business. He wasn't even involved. In that that guy, that guy's a football fan for sure. That guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He's playing off duty. He's playing off, off duty. <laughs> he played at some little high school in New Jersey. Yeah. And, to... and so, so speaking of New Jersey, so at the end of the game, the only reason, the only reason that I'm sort of making light right. of the the injury was because we found out later. And the Jets, it's like by the end of the night, I was at the game. At the end, by eight o'clock, they announced that, "Hey guys, it's only a concussion." Right. You know, it's not. He's not paralyzed. Right. It's only a concussion. Right. It's all good. So he's got to wear sunglasses for the next five. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's better than having any pudding for the rest of his life. That's very true. <laughs> which which has happened. And you guys do know they came out with the story a couple days ago. The average team is now worth two billion with a B. Mm. Dollars. The average team in uh, NFL? NFL. So there you go. 
Yeah. What, so what are you saying? You're saying I'm saying that what? they have to keep this machine going. Oh, going. oh, they're printing, <laughs> printing every feed the machine. They're though. just printing, printing money. And, yeah. and and the fact is, and, and a, a couple of guys after the game, because you come to the game, I feel okay. It's day one. We'll we'll deal with this game one. But I'm not doing this every single game. Like we have this moral thing. Listen, this is the American pastime. Eighty people dig it, and that's the way it is. But I, I did ask um, DeBrickishaw Ferguson and uh, Willie Cologne. You know, what do you guys, I mean, what do you think? Why do you play this and all that? And Brick, they were both pretty, listen, I mean, you know, they try to make it safe, but you got people out there every on every single play with crashing into each other. You know, we, we hope nobody gets hurt, but that's the way it is. So Cologne just said, listen, you got some of the most aggressive people in the world going full speed, 350 pounds, crashing into each other. Something's going to hurt. I mean, somebody's going to get hurt. So I said, well, what's your advice? He said, well... Your advice, it is what it is, and pray. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. All right. So anyway, so the Jets won. The Jets won. The Jets won. And I mean, they beat the Browns, so, I mean, we don't know yet what that hey, means. It's a win is a win. There's only 16 of them. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The last the last little note on the thing. So they ca- they caught the guy away. They get him out of view. And so then a few plays later, uh, Ivory, Chris Ivory, scores a winning touchdown so it's almost like everybody's back it's almost yeah. like this guy is like gone and for three minutes okay back to football and ten minutes yeah. later the guy scores it's almost like whew thank we don't have to deal with that anymore next man up yeah next man up so that's yeah. hey that's the sport that we know and love um, any other thing anything of particular note in, in uh, week one nobody got fired right right uh, well the giant you know in New York at least it's been a big thing with uh the way the Giants lost and the and the problems they had with time management and Eli accepting responsibility and uh, I think it was Rashad Jennings throwing him under the bus saying that Eli told him not yeah. to score on that yeah, yeah, on that yeah. final drive so that that's the big thing in New York the last couple of days yeah they've been killing the kid yeah what who Rashad oh Rashad oh for yeah, not scoring for giving up the teammate not you know yeah throwing Eli under the bus yes yeah well I mean but that's stupid if you told him not to score yeah well I mean obviously he didn't get it at the time or else he would have said no explain to Eli what you should do and right. go ahead and score he didn't yeah, yeah. do that but clearly I mean you know one of my colleagues wrote a piece Bill Pennington saying that there was so much disconnection on the sideline right I mean you know apparently the coach and it's so amazing that these people are getting paid millions. Of, that's all they do all day. I mean, that's all they do <laughs> all day is this. And then at the moment of truth, you're not telling Eli. You know, right. it's, like, it's not like I don't know, like high school or something where you Even kind of got to teach, teach a PE yeah. course or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's what. A, yeah, that's a coach's job. I've heard people say, "Well, Eli, you know, he's a veteran. He should know what to do." So the, co- the coaches, I mean, I've, I played high school sports and college sports. Like, that's what coaches are supposed to do. I don't care if you know. They're supposed to, you know, remind, pound it into you. Remind you. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, you know, Jamal, I'll be telling you, you know, when you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I just get so, you know, no, you revved up. Yeah. It's okay. No, you like I, it. I think our, 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 our uh, fans, mm-hmm. we. Yeah, football. I'm trying to appeal to the football fans. Yeah, you fans. guys are going to drive. I'm drive sorry. I apologize. That's okay. But now there was other, one other note I made myself in trying to be cute. I forgot the point. I was, oh, so Seattle's playing. Seattle, remember the Seattle game? Uh, we're, right. we're segwaying St. Louis, from, St. Yeah. Louis, Seattle. So now they're in the same position. Seattle's ball, right. go fourth and whatever. Oh, and so, of course, we've yes. been killing Carroll all year for throwing. So what does he do this time? He runs, he runs, he runs beast mode right. and doesn't get it. Loses, loses <laughs> yardage. Did you hear what beast mode's mother said? What? That the only <laughs> no. reason why they ran that play was to try to make up for last year. Well, which is, she went out and put it on Facebook. Right. That's a whole controversy And it's there. the best thing to, you know, I, I'm thinking about it, it's the best thing that could have happened to, for Pete Carroll, for, C, for Seattle. We, you know, we tried it. We gave it to Beast Mode. Now I don't, I don't want to hear about yeah. the Super Bowl anymore. Well, it's ridiculous. over. If he ever said, I hope, if he says that he should be fired on the spot, <laughs> said, this, this game one, it has nothing to do with the, with the stupid mistake that you made on the goal line. Don't, in other words, you will another hundred years, and a hundred, you'll never be able to make up for that mistake. And you better, you better win this year because we may fire you. Just but I mean, yeah. we still will never know. What would have happened if they? You know, it's not like we can say, yeah, he should have given the ball right. to Beast Mode, but we I that it. that play shows you 
we you know it's a different situation maybe Jamal, different no. defense whatever it's not, it's we different will never it's, know it's, it's a different team it's a, it's a, it's a darn <laughs> St. Louis Rams it's not you know that's very true that's the, that's a great it's point not, it's not I mean St. Louis right in the middle of the field right St. Louis Rams will never be in the Super Bowl <laughs> no yeah, yeah, so. yeah well, well there is not, you know. they not, used to be I'm the sorry. Patriots are still in trouble they caused problems in the first game cutting the headsets to the other sideline oh my god you know <laughs> they can't help themselves Jesus god. I mean you that was think, great you would think you would think that they would make do everything they could to make sure yeah. everything is perfect you know so okay. here we are in fact you know I was I was speaking at Santa Clara there's a Santa Clara Sports Institute or yes Institute of Sports and Ethics so actually the guy that I spoke to um, um, the on, on the phone right uh, right Katz, mm-hmm. uh, the attorney Katz who run so of course they were like they had these panels there were four of the people on the panel were Patriots fans I'm like, wow! I traveled two, three thousand miles <laughs> to, see the to try to thing. get away from this, and here yeah. are four. And one of them was a was a philosopher was a was a philosophy ethicist or something. So <laughs> I asked, I in retrospect, I was kind of insensitive. How could you be an ethicist and be a Patriots fan? <laughs> right, you know, which really he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't appreciate that. Um, but so anyway, but, no, I agree with that. That's 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 tough right there. Yeah. So, but but the, the point was that. We, we, we talked about the Patriots and ethics and all that kind of stuff and then it was Monday it was Monday and so I said okay we're all going to go watch the game and lo and behold the end of the game there's a controversy because the headphones not everybody's headphones by the way just the Steelers headphones right just now I can see if everybody's headphones go and I don't remember maybe you can tell me I don't think that everybody took their headphones off. Normally, what you do is, right. if your headphone doesn't work, we'll all do without headphones. I don't think they did. Right, that. but there was some sort of loophole that they got out of not having to turn their headphones. Well, off. yeah, the, the story. <laughs> the story I heard a couple of times was, you're right. That's the rule. If if one side's headphones go off, the other then the league has to turn off the other side to make it uh, equal. But what was happening was, uh, the Steeler headphones would go out. While you know when they were about to turn off the Steeler headphones, I mean the the New England headphones, then the Steelers Steeler would come back off. on. Play was already done. So it was like he's halfway over there to turn it off, and the Steeler headphones come well, on. It was just a game again. like that, and that happened a couple oh, times. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who they, you know, the two kids who were fired, the ball boys, aren't? right? They're now in charge of the headphones, right? And, and <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. No, you might be, it might be correct because they were reinstated. Oh, they were reinstated. They were reinstated, oh, okay. or they will be reinstated because of you know the whole Brady fallout. He was found. You know, supposedly right. not guilty, whatever. Now those ball boys we're back. So now we're going to switch. You, know, right. you can't you can't be in charge of the ball anymore, but you can be right. in charge of the headphones. Right. You, they did nothing wrong either. That's that's the finding. I wonder how lucrative a position that is, a ball boy. In the yeah. Not not yeah. much. No, no. Grand? Well, for, for the New England Patriots, yeah, that paid. That's a particular internship that yeah. you got. They probably have. That's a very select job you got to get. Twelve thousand resumes for those jobs. Yeah, and how, yeah. I mean, how, how how quickly can you put air <laughs> out the needle? Right, you know, right. got to yeah. be able to. You got to be know. able to tiptoe around. Yeah, yeah very so, important. You know, so anyway, beat them up. But um, we we're talking about. Uh, so anyway, so week one, and um, uh, I guess the, the most current thing now it was segue into baseball, which I know Jamal, you're a big Mets fan, and. I think Brian, you're a Yankees fan. Yes. Yankees are fading. Yankees are done. The Yankees are well, they're done or they're fading. But they'll, be, they'll be in the playoffs as a wild card. Probably. That's right because they, they will be in the playoffs. Well, but you guys aren't good. Oh, so the Yankees aren't good enough for a wild card spot. Right. right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I are you too good? You're too good for a wild card spot. Uh, well, we should we should be made to immediately go to the, the championship game. <laughs> Not even play okay. most of the. But, game. but the, turn, yeah. turn, turn, turn his headphone off. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Get 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 whatever the guys. I, I'm excited for the Mets, though. I got to say, in all honesty, I'm excited for the Mets. It's yeah, going to be well, fun. That's big. That's, that's yeah. big. in fact, I'm heading out there after our uh, podcast. I'm headed out to uh, City Field to um, see if this is all really true. Maybe people are like, please or don't go. Right. Don't right. go. No, no. Beginning <laughs> of the end. Yeah. No. You can't. You know. They're, they're looking too good for anything to jinx them now. So yeah, yeah you're, you're guys, safe. Right? I, I, I mean, Cespedes. eight and a half games up. Yeah. With a, you know the, the magic numbers ten. Yeah. You know Washington. They swept them. Washington came in with a chance what to. What uh, happened to Washington? I mean, they're not so as good as people thought. Basically, I guess. Yeah. Cespedes, man. So what? What? What are the Mets going to? Are they going to keep this guy, or are they just going to rent him and? You know, I mean, that's a, you know, if you had to fire. guess, it lo- he looks like a rental because he's gonna, you know, the, especially the way he's playing now, yeah. his asking price is gonna be something serious, and I don't see him giving uh, the Mets a hometown discount or anything like that. This is his big contract yeah. coming up, so I think you know they're gonna, the they'll at least they'll, at least, yeah, exactly, the Yankees might get him, but uh, they'll they'll at least make an effort, you know, and that's at least for the fans, uh, you know, they'll make an effort to try to keep him, but 
I wouldn't, you know, I would say it's uh, it's under a 50-50 proposition. Just enjoy in, enjoy him now. Mets fan. And I am. I'm enjoying him now. Enjoy this now. Um, do you think there'll be a subway? Do you think there'll be any kind of subway series? No, no, no. I'm hoping for it, you know. I mean, the Yankees, the, the Yankees have a, you know, they've, they've, They've been better than expectations coming into the season. Bullpen's tired. Um, but, you know, Teixeira's injury hurts them. Starting pitching's done. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they have their issues. And the whole, you know, I, I think people aren't as excited about the wild card anymore because now it's one game. It's one game. So it's you almost shoot. feel like, are you did you are you really in the playoffs? What do you, oh, you mean you just play one yeah, game? Yeah, it's a one it's game, game playoff now. We could get a bunch of guys card. and get in there and maybe make it. I don't know about I don't that. Think we, I don't think we could. <laughs> you know, that, I, whenever I hear people say that, you know, you know, you know <laughs> right. it's a no, no. Whoa, Brian. Oh, see? Brian. That, that was Brian. The, I was going to try to swing well, something. This is a he's, mad, he's mad at the Yankees. This is a professional yeah. operation here. Man. I apologize. Let's, let's <laughs> like, yeah. um, anything else in baseball? I mean, for, for, for people who are listening to this podcast who don't happen to live in New York, um, which is one mistake that I can't account for. Wow. Um, but uh, any any other intriguing things in baseball? The Dodgers, the Dodgers are doing. Yeah. Dodgers I mean, it looks like well. it looks like the you know the, that's that'll be who the Mets face in the first round if things stay the way they are. Oh, Dodgers, Mets, that's going to be exciting. Be great. Two that'd great be pitching good. staffs. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Do you think? It, it, I mean, there's no way that the Mets could collapse, right? The well, Mets. I mean, I saw I saw it you know before. So <laughs> I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. <laughs> so yeah, I would you know. I mean, there's no way it can happen twice, right? right well, you, you never <laughs> that's know. all I can I'm say. I'm going out there tonight to see, but hopefully, right. no. I mean, you know, I mean, they should, you know, they should be okay. You know, we, we we haven't, you know, we've been away for a while. We haven't talked about the whole Matt Harvey situation and oh, shutting yeah. him down yeah. and his agent Boris, you know, you know, getting in the mix there and creating all kinds of controversy. Just so people don't understand, people who are just intellectual sports fans, can you tell us what, what happened with Harvey? Well, you know, this was a few weeks ago, but Harvey. Um, you know he's on an innings count. He had he had Tommy John surgery last year. Uh, he was you know they had been trying to limit his innings all year. They have skipped a couple starts of his. Uh, I think he had reached the 180 inning limit that his you know I guess Doctor Andrews had set for him, and he was you know going to go over that. And his agent Scott Boris, the super agent. Um, everybody's agent uh, in baseball actually I think he was trying to get in contact with uh, he was trying to contact Alderson I guess Alderson was ignoring him so he went to he went to the media with it and say hey this 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 innings limit is real we want him to shut him down just similar to what uh, the Nationals did to Strasburg we want him shut down and what made it worse was that Harvey you know when they when he got to speak on the issue he didn't he didn't go against what his agent said, despite all year saying, oh, I'm here to pitch and I'm a workhorse and I don't even like having my starts skipped. But now all of a sudden we ask you, after your agent says something, you're like, well, he's my agent and he speaks for me. That's yeah. all he would say. Well, all, we, all, all I'm going to say is that this is New York and you better not screw up, Harvey. Right. Because you, you will have hell to pay. Well, and he already had, I mean, I'm already from, getting a lot from And from what, you know, this guy, you know, Harvey is, you know, almost literally a super a superhero. Mm-hmm. For the for the Mets, I mean, they right. call him the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, he. I, I find that a little offensive. Batman, Batman, Bill. Yeah, Batman, the Dark Knight. Well, they well, yeah. call him yeah. Batman. Well, okay, the whatever. Dark, the well, that's dark Batman's hero. nickname. Well, it's but, but, it, but it's but well, it's. I don't like that either. But it's a uh, it's a compliment, night, Bill. It's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. Okay. You know, it's so, out at night. Yeah, right. he, you know, he's a Dark Knight. He's a superhero. Blah blah blah. So he he's been on top of the New York sports world. So all of a sudden, you know, that next day, I mean, columnists taking shots at him, you know, yeah. fans hating him. All of a sudden, you know, I think he was taken aback from that, and he he, 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 he is he looked got, at. He's already looked at differently. He, he needs to. He really needs to show improve what in the playoffs. All you do is win. Right. I'm right. just coming from as we wind down. Um, uh, we had not mentioned the New York Liberty. Right. It's a big deal. The New York right. Liberty. Uh, uh, the only women's professional uh, team in the league are have made the play. Not only did they, did they make the playoffs, we had Candace Wiggins in right. a little earlier. Not She's only great. did they make the uh, playoffs, but they've got I think the best record, and they're going to open up at home on Friday, and um, it's very really pretty exciting stuff. And we'll get into a little more of that uh, later. But it's a really it's a really great story. If you've got a WNBA team in your market in your area, yeah, support go. it. And if you're a woman, you better support it. Yes. Okay? Get to the game. Get to the game. Take your daughter. Take your son. Take your kids. Jamal, are you going to be at the Liberty game on Friday? I will. I'll be there. 
I'll make sure uh, uh, Della Don was uh, named the MVP of the league right. from the Chicago Sky, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, she she's a she's a monster. I've seen her. She's like a female Dirk Nowitzki. So you need to check her out too. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, the uh, Liberty of Epiphany Prince, Brooklyn's right. own Epiphany Prince. So right. yes, it's really really good stuff. And I think when we come back, we'll. Maybe in our next edition, we'll talk a little bit about the WNBA, support of women's sports. And really, somebody brought up the fact that women are really just being marginalized, almost treated like, like black athletes were treated like in the 40s. Well, we don't have to cover them. Right. But on that note. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. So I'm very pleased and honored to have the president of the United States Tennis Association, uh, the wonderful Katrina Adams as a guest. Katrina, welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, great. Katrina, just so you'll know, is the first African-American to, um, to hold this position, and it's been great. It was a great week of tennis. Um, this is your first, first uh, U.S. Open as president, but you've been, you know, you, you've been to a lot of these in different capacities. Was it different? Was, was this year different? Being at the open, being uh, being president. Well, it was very different because I was busy all day long. So uh, it was exciting, though. It was a, a lot of action going on. I had my meetings. Uh, it was part of our semi-annual meeting conference, which is a middle weekend, board meetings, committee meetings, etc. And then trying to rush out to the facility to catch the late afternoon matches as well as the evening matches and entertain. So it was very busy. Uh, was it as, was it as enjoyable as it's been in the past? It's sort of like what what you're saying is almost like with Serena Williams. There are no days off when you were the president. There's like every minute probably is accounted for. Yeah, no, there are no days off. I mean, my alarm was going off at six six thirty a.m. every morning, and um, you know, I was getting back around midnight. So the nights were short, but uh, it was rewarding. It was fulfilling. Um, you know, got a chance to meet a lot of people and uh, engage in a lot of conversation we had a lot of our international federation president guests uh as guests as well so it's a great opportunity to just really talk about tennis globally hey hey, katrina just so you know that uh two of our my my I don't. I can't call you guys sidekicks, uh, but know, co-host uh, yeah, yeah, Katrina. Co- 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 hi, this is Jamal Murphy. Jamal Murphy, is our, <laughs> Jamal, is our sports attorney you? guy, and then Brian Delendick, who's Brian our, the wine guy, I'm who's here. our wine guy. I think he'll be sending you something special, I, right, Brian? Yes, of course I will. For being, if you drink wine, do you drink wine, Katrina? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh right, absolutely. Well, so you don't. What do you What, what do you prefer with a grape or kind or? Uh, whatever, whatever. I'm not picky. <laughs> All right, I'll send you something good. Don't worry. Right. There you go. Hey, so, so listen, Katrina. Just um, there was so much history surrounding, uh, surrounding this. You know, with Serena going for the calendar year and all that. What's your again? As I guess, I want to ask you first as a, as a former player, and I think that people need to know that Katrina was a world class player, an All American at, at Northwestern. Um, and she was quite she was quite a great professional as well. I'm just wondering, as a professional, former professional tennis player, what did you think of Serena's run? And then as the president of the USTA and your first Open, what did you think of the run? Well, I think, first of all, it's amazing as to what she has accomplished all year long. Uh, you know, she fell one match short from at least getting to that title match to have a chance to complete the Grand Slam that hasn't been accomplished since 1988 when Steffi Graf last did it. Um, But she only had two losses coming into the Open. She has three losses now, which is still an amazing amazing. feat for Serena. I think two or three years ago, she had an amazing year, wasn't close to winning the Grand Slam, and she only lost four matches. So when you look at what she's accomplishing on the court, at this age, uh, to have the mental fortitude and the physical stamina to continue to be at the top of her game, you know she had a she had a hiccup, and the hiccup happened to come at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, I still think she's one of I don't know what you I, I think she's one of the greatest tennis players. Forget gender uh, of all time. Uh, she's by far the greatest athlete I think of all time, not just in tennis. So, uh, you know what she again what she has accomplished and continues to accomplish matches no other when you talk about the day in and day out and the week in and week out training and competition that tennis offers for her 
<clears throat> and to be here at this age. Yeah. And you know, I think and you could appreciate this as somebody who's been on the tour. Number one, BA being on the tour is just hard, no matter who you are. But th- then I was telling somebody because it seems I was I thought that some of the criticism of Serena was a little harsh. Um, you know, afterwards. But you know, when you really think about it, she has no days off, probably for the last, what, five, six, seven years? I mean, the girl well, that she, uh, to beat Roberta uh, Vinci, Vinci? Let me tell you, Bill, everyone, we can all sit and criticize, but no one knows the pressure that that woman was under every single day of the tournament, every point of every match. Yep, and when yep. you get down to the match, that could get her there over the hump was the toughest, perhaps the toughest match she's ever had to play in her career. And so we can all criticize based on, you know, what we can play from our seats. But at the end of the day, you've got to take your hat off to her to even withstand the pressure and to be able to go out and perform. And you got to take your hat off to Roberta Vinci for playing the game style that actually broke Serena down. Right, right, which was explained that. I mean, for, for there are a lot of people who love the show but may not know as much about tennis. What do you mean? What did she do to break her down? She didn't miss. She ran every ball down and she forced Serena to have to come up with a winner. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very different playing a big hitter that's going toe-to-toe with you and you can generate, you know, use the pace of your opponent to generate your own. But then she gave her no pace, mm-hmm. which forced Serena to have to play that much harder to, to actually generate power and when you're nervous Mm. you know it's very difficult to swing freely and to get your feet going um when you don't have the power coming at you so you you gotta credit Vinci for a well played and a smartly played match under those circumstances yeah there's a a couple things I mean I thought she was I thought Vinci was great afterwards you know when she said she kind of you know she said you know she apologized why are you apologizing well the Americans but then she said but this is my day <laughs> so <laughs> yeah no she's cute she's had she's an unbelievable personality then she is no spring chicken herself she's been around she's a multiple grand slam double title holder and so she knows the pressure she's been in that pressure on that kind of stage before not just in singles and so I think she was able to pull from her experience in the big matches being on the court in doubles and, and really just stuck to her game plan. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and congratulations to her for being a, a great sport afterwards and uh, even a better sport after losing in the finals. I mean, it was, like she said, it was the best moment of her life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Katrina, let me just ask you two, two uh, last things before I let you go. Um, the one is, you, you, I asked you how you felt about the match as just a former player, and never, but what about as the uh, USTA president? Is it good? Um, well, and, and as, a, as an administrator in tennis, was it, was it good in a way that's not not so much the Serena loss, but does it show sort of the depth of field? Because uh, I know some some people criticize women's tennis. Well, after Serena, you know, who do you have? And 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 after. Um, you know, the name withdraws. Um, uh, Djokovic. Jo- yeah. But but d- it, was it good for tennis? That Well, I um, think for, for us, we focus on the Americans as a USTA. Mm-hmm. The WTA is what focuses on all of their players. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it was good for women's tennis to show the depth of women's tennis, that it's not just one or two players at the top that can get to a Grand Slam final. But from a USTA perspective, um, you know, for us to be able to promote Serena and support Serena you know, throughout the year, but really throughout the tournament to give and make sure that she had everything that she possibly needed to to perform, you know, we, we felt, you know, we congratulated her on one getting there and, you know, felt bad as well for her not to get over that last time. So yeah. it's a credit to um, Serena and her team to keep her motivated, to keep her healthy throughout the year. And, and, and that's what we at the USDA are here to support all of our, our American players in particular. And, and what, do you, what do you think about that? I know this is a question that comes up every single year, every single U.S. Open, about the state of, of tennis in the United States. And I was wondering, um, and, and this is probably part of a larger discussion, but you know, I spoke to uh, Martin Blackman a little bit during the, uh, during the Open, and I guess the question becomes sort of what is your vision? You, you, you've got a two-year term as president. And what's your vision of of the UST? Is it to a turn out champions, turn out the next Serena? Is it just to make sure that 
you know, all kids at the grassroots level have a tennis, uh, you know, tennis uh, racket in their hand at some point. I know you're still the head of uh, the uh, Harlem Junior Tennis League. What, what, what sort of the philosophy, uh, what's your philosophy of sort of what the USTA should be? Should be turning out champions, just turning out people who love tennis, uh, you know, what? Well, our mission is to promote and develop the growth of tennis in America. So it's about the grassroots, putting rackets in hands, getting people involved and participating in our sport, hopefully for a lifetime. Um, it's, it's also, we have a player development component of the USCA and that's where the high level players are, are focusing that's where we focus on our higher level players our competitive players that are playing nationally that are playing internationally and so when you look at what we're doing within our player development we had an all American boys final mm. with Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul that was a rematch of our all American boys junior final in at the French Open Tommy Paul won the French Open. Taylor Fritz won the U.S. Open. We also had a young lady in the finals of the uh, junior girls singles. So the future is very promising, um, and there are many more names that are there that are coming up. And, you know, if we continue to work within our player development and be patient, those names will soon be at the top of the ranks on the professional tour. But for us as a USCA as a whole, and for me, it's really about just promoting the sport, getting many more people involved that may not be involved um, at the moment. And particularly, um, I have a Hispanic initiative focusing mm. on the different cultures in the Hispanic uh, communities to get involved in tennis and to join to join our sport for a lifetime. Yeah, that, that, that that's great. Um, you know, as, as you know, I run a program, a little sports and recreation program up in Harlem, and most a lot of our kids are Dominican, and it's and it's so interesting. You know, you talk about how how high the ceiling is. A lot of kids who you know never put a racket in their hand, but they seem to really like the sport. So I think that's a great initiative, just to you know, that, we talk a lot about African Americans, which is cool, but there are a lot of a lot of folks, you know, there are a lot of folks who want to be exposed to the games. That's a great initiative. Yes, thank you. I mean, it's it's about being all inclusive, and any any way that we can can introduce what I think is a is the greatest sport out there for what it provides you in building character, uh, building character, building your self esteem, building your self confidence, etc. A sport you can play for a lifetime, but also a sport that you can create so many different so many different relationships um, is what it's all about. Well, hey, listen, Katrina, I really want to congratulate you and thank you. By the way, I want to let the people know that, like me, Katrina's from Chicago, you know, and uh, so we've got that kind of going on. And, you know, I, what I see is one of the most dramatic sights is when you come up to the tennis center now, that's such a magnificent sight to see the, the dome. I mean, I call it the dome, but it's, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the, 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 roof, the roof and all that is really roof. quite, you actually dwarf City Field. Well, w <laughs> wait until it's complete next year. I mean, you're only looking at the superstructure and the frame of it. So once it's actually sealed um, mm. to be enclosed for the 2016 U.S. Open, it will be a phenomenal, phenomenal view as you're approaching it. How, how do you how do you see it changing, you know, in ex our experience at the U.S. Open in the future, just, just having that, that retractable roof? Well, obviously, we won't have any uh, extended rain delays. I mean, our men's final was delayed three hours, which I actually thought made it that much more electric because right. it made it into an, an evening match. But we won't have those delays. We won't be stressing as much um, and trying to finish those matches on time. And, um, and so for, for, for us at the USCA, we're, we're extremely excited about the, what's gonna, what the future holds. Hey, will there, hey, Katrina, will there be... Does that mean there will be tennis there all year round now? There is tennis at the facility all year uh, all year round, as we have an indoor facility as well. So we definitely have tennis at the USCA Village and King National Tennis Center on a year-round basis. I see. But, but with the Dome, will there be, like, let's say, will there be bigger, you know, like, matches sort of like... Um... No, no. The, uh, the Ash Stadium is not used, uh, is, is rarely used outside of the U.S. Open. Uh, for tennis, we do have some events, maybe some programs, et cetera. But once it's uh, once it's complete, we'll be able to reevaluate how we will be able to use the facility. But uh, but at the moment, we don't have anything planned. 
All right. Hey, well, Katrina, this is Katrina Adams. Thank you so much. It's been great. And um, look forward to seeing you, you know, soon off off the grid. <laughs> but thank there you, you so much. It's been great. And congratulations and good luck. Yes, good luck. My thank pleasure. You. Thank Take you care. so much. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. Looking forward to that wine. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.